Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is the Good, the Bad, and the Guilty here with WSIC. Uh, my name is Bill Hamby. I have the pleasure of being the Chief Deputy for the Ardell County Sheriff's Office. I have uh, Detective Heather Little and Detective Sean Rowe with us here today. Joe, it's good to be back, buddy. There you go. I'm glad you guys are here Hey, today. there's Joe. What's up, my man? How are oh, you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing Oh, today? doing great. Been away for two weeks now. Seems like I'm coming back in every time we come to WSIC. Something's new and pretty and shiny and... I see today you you have our names up there, man. Y'all y'all are doing awesome work here. I yeah, appreciate that. Individual names. I got nice cue cards now. Listen, you remember when your brakes are though, right? Uh, you just give me the brake card. <laughs> Sheriff keeps up with that. But uh, again, want to thank everyone for tuning in to Good to Bad to Guilty here on WSIC uh, 100.7 FM, 105.9 FM. Uh, if anybody's interested today, uh, our, our topic today will be our uh, threat assessment. Uh, program. Uh, Heather and Sean do a wonderful job uh, and have taken this program to to new heights. Uh, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But uh, if you have any questions, comments, anything, uh, please give us a call, 704-873-1400. Once again, at 704-873-1400. And uh, Joe, today, uh, Sheriff Campbell is, is unable to be with us. He is out doing some uh, Sheriff's Association business. Uh, as you know, and for those of you that may be new to the radio show, Sheriff Campbell was uh, recently elected by all 100 sheriffs here in North Carolina uh, as president of the North Carolina Sheriff's Association. And from time to time, that requires him to uh, unfortunately be away from the office and tending to business here within the state of North Carolina. And for anybody that hasn't been watching the news in the last several days, there's a little storm down in Florida. Uh, we're praying uh, for those folks in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, as that, as a storm moves its way north. Uh, and just some safety tips for that right quick um, before we get started on the show. Tonight, uh, watched a couple of uh, weather forecasts uh, before coming to the radio station today. Uh, doesn't look like here in the Statesville, greater Statesville area, uh, we should get much rain. Uh, but, you know, as that storm kind of moves around, we may get some, we may, we may get more or less. Uh, Southern Ardell County, definitely Mecklenburg County and points east and south are supposed to get quite a bit of rain. So please uh, watch out for for flooded roads. Uh, as I think the great state of North Carolina likes to say, turn around, don't drown. So uh, please be careful with that. Uh, watch for any down power lines, uh, especially uh, the gentleman on Channel 6, th 36, uh, as he was speaking earlier today. Um, we have had quite a bit of rain, thunderstorms the last couple of days. Uh, the wind is supposed to get gusty in, in the area, and uh, according to his uh, calculations and measurements, about 30 miles an hour worth of wind can bring a tree down, so watch out for down power lines, watch out for trees across the road, and uh, check on your neighbors if we have a power outage, uh, especially our senior citizens. It's still kind of warm, still kind of muggy, so make sure that you're checking on, on your senior citizens and those that are shut in. Uh, if you need us to uh, uh, come out and check on some folks, give the sheriff's office a call. Uh, 878-3100 uh, is our non-emergency number to ECOM, and we can go out and check on those folks for you. So uh, as I said earlier, uh, been gone for about two weeks. Uh, uh, the first week I was on vacation, and then last week I had the uh, distinct privilege of going to um, Virginia Tech University up in Blacksburg uh, to speak on behalf of CyberSWAT. Uh, which is a program that we are still the only sheriff's office in the state of North Carolina uh, that has this program. Uh, it is a program that was developed by Sheriff Don Brown uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, Mike Brown, Sheriff Mike Brown uh, from up in Virginia and uh, is, is in several schools in Virginia. And um, 
had an opportunity to go up and speak to several folks on on the benefits of CyberSWAT. And while I was at the dinner uh, presenting to uh, about all the benefits of CyberSWAT, there was a sheriff there from, I think it was Giles, G-I-L-E-A, Giles County, Virginia, right there next to Blacksburg. And uh, he came up and spoke with me after after um, I got to present and um, said, hey, we, we need CyberSWAT in our schools. Uh, apparently they have two high schools there. And uh, before the end of the night, he was his agency was signed up uh, and had CyberSWAT. So I was able to uh, put the young lady that's going to be in charge of their program uh, in touch with Mark Calabrese, who's one of our SROs, who's been on this show, and uh, got them two together. So uh, had, had a really productive trip up to Virginia. But uh, glad to be back home. Uh, Sheriff, I know you're out there listening to us, sir. Uh, we, we miss you. Uh, travel safe as you're out doing your duties today. But uh, as I said earlier, have the distinct privilege to have Heather Little and Sean Hello, Rowe good uh, with us today. Say hi, Sean. Hi. There you go. There you go. Heather's an old pro. She's been here a time or two now. Uh, but uh, Not pro yet. Yeah, getting there, getting there. <laughs> but uh, uh, for those of you that, that uh, haven't met these two uh, wonderful detectives, just want to let you know that they were, they were specifically picked uh, to take this position within our county sheriff's office as our threat assessment investigators. Uh, out doing lots of stuff, and um, we'll talk more about their duties as the show goes on. But in a few minutes, we have before our first break, Heather and then Sean, if you'll introduce yourselves to our crowd and, and uh, tell us who you are and what you do. So um, I'm Heather Little. I've been with the Sheriff's Office for quite some time now. Um, I started in our community-oriented policing division on patrol. Actually, I originally started as a secretary, so I was in administration before mm-hmm. I went uh, and got sworn. And I have now been in threat assessment, I think, going on three years. Been, went by quick. Time, time so flies, I know. Right? I really yeah. enjoyed it. I think it's one of the best positions at the sheriff's office. We get to do a lot of fun things. So that's a little bit about me. Mr. Rowe. Uh, my name is Sean Rowe. I started the sheriff's office about three years ago. Worked road patrol. Um, and then right after the first of the year, about eight months ago now, I started uh, working in threat assessment. And, and what did you do before you became law enforcement? Before I was in law enforcement, I worked for a private security company. Okay. Um, installing security systems, access control systems, camera systems, and did some project management. So what, the reason why I asked that, and I, I certainly didn't say that to put you on the spot, but uh, and, and here again, when we come back from break, we can flesh that out a little bit more. But having that knowledge of things to be able to suggest when you guys go out and do these site security surveys, having a working knowledge of alarm systems and cameras and closed circuit television, all those sorts of things. There again, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, ladies and gentlemen, Sheriff Campbell, when, when he was first elected, and, and for those of you that have followed his career, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, when he was running, his, his platform was that we're going to protect our schools, our churches, and our businesses. And, and I think we've done a pretty good job of that. And putting, putting you two folks with your backgrounds and, and your talents uh, in the position of threat assessment investigator uh, has helped follow through on some of those pledges that he made to the citizens. And, and it's really paid benefits for us as a sheriff's office and for the businesses and churches and, and schools that you guys work with. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, Heather, can uh, just before we, we, we break, because Joe's got the break card, so I know it's here just coming <laughs> up soon, but uh, maybe we, 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 we can tease folks. You, uh, you are working independently uh, in addition to all your other duties here at the Sheriff's Office. You are gaining a title of, 
Let me see if I can read my notes. Behavioral Threat Assessment Master Trainer. Yes, I'm working. That's a mouthful. Yes, I will hopefully have that completed at the end of October. So I'll be a master trainer for behavioral threat assessment and management. So when, when we get back, I want you to flesh that out. But uh, here again, ladies and gentlemen, just, just another way that the Ardell County Sheriff's Office is trying to bring you the, the most professional, uh, beneficial programs to Ardell County to protect our schools, our churches, and our businesses. And with these folks here in front of you today, um, I think we're, we're doing that pretty well. And uh, we'll be back here in just a few minutes. Joe's giving me the 30-second card, and I hear the music playing in the background. So uh, we'll be back. If you have any calls, 704-873-1400. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. It's my clubbing music, Joe. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Good, The Bad, and The Guilty here on WSIC. Again, that's 100.7 FM, Statesville, 105.9 for all our other friends in the Vils around Statesville. If you have questions or comments, please give us a call, 704-873-1400. And Mr. Joe, I do believe we have a caller on hold. Hello, caller, are you there? Yes, sir. All right, sir, how can we help you today? Hey, uh, I was just wondering if uh, you've had any calls like this come in where these places like Amazon calls you an automated call saying place to order and they're getting ready to deliver it and they tell you it's like three thousand some dollars verifies you and you know you didn't order nothing like that. Is that Yes sir, that is that is the makings of a good old scam. Yeah, that's what I figured and I just it worries you today because you don't know if somebody's run your credit somewhere. And you ain't got no way to find that out. Yeah, no. Now I tell you what: if if you if you uh, if you do any banking, uh, you can go to your bank and ask them to run a credit check for you. Uh, and if you will, if you will give me a call tomorrow after or tomorrow morning, uh, call eight seven eight thirty one eighty. Ask for Bill Hamby. I will put okay. you in touch with our uh, fraud investigators over at our Economic Crimes Unit, and they will give you some contact numbers so that you can run your own credit history. Oh, okay, just to make great. Just to make sure that nobody, you know, that nobody's paying on business, and I just, it's just, man, I'm worried you when you get calls like that. Yes, sir. You start asking family members, this, that, other. Well, you didn't, uh, know, you, you didn't give them any information, did you? No, I hung Good. Up on them. That's the best thing you could do. Yes, sir, you did well. Yeah, it still makes you wonder and worry, you know. Well, they, you know, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that uh, these scammers are very smart individuals, and if they worked it hard, if they worked as hard at being legitimate as they do being criminals, they'd all be millionaires. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Well, thank you for calling, sir. Just give me a call. Time, give me a call tomorrow, and I'll, I'll put you in touch with the right folks. And be right. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Wow, man, it feels good to get to help folks. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any issues, problems, questions, or concerns, 704-873-1400. All right, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Sean and Heather, let's talk about, uh, because school is back in now, yeah, uh, and we'll get into some press releases hopefully toward the end of the show, but let's talk about what you two do on a daily basis now that our... Now that our uh, school system is back in and up and running. 
Well, we're back in, so our SROs are back in all of our schools or all of our county schools. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a policy. We have a pretty good relationship with the school system. Um, I'll say they work just as hard as we do at trying to streamline the process for everyone across the district. So we right. make sure that there's no gaps in um, our reporting or no gaps in our investigations. So we make sure we do help the kids that need help if they are on that pathway to violence. Um, so our SROs will contact us if they get information on a student who has made a threat or um, maybe there is concerns brought up of maybe they're on their computer and they're searching for weapons, searching for certain things that are risk factors for us to look at. Um, so they'll typically just call us and we'll come out to the school uh, typically immediately and start our investigation. And Sean, what, is, what does an investigation look like? Let's, and, and let's just say that it's the threat of uh, a vague threat of violence to the school, like I'm going to do something tomorrow at one o'clock, or something's going to happen, and such. Says, what is what is it? What does our investigation look like? Explain that to the, our listeners. So we'll go out to the school, um, typically immediately as soon as we get the the notification that there's been a threat. Um, we talk to school personnel, usually the principal, um, as well as the SRO, figure out what's going on, start talking to the student who may have heard so the the witnesses we talk to all of them um sometimes very many <laughs> oh yeah I've, sometimes I, quite I, a few, quite I a read few your students. reports y'all y'all <laughs> talk to a lot of people and uh determine what crimes have been committed if a crime has been committed and if a threat is actual is, is probable like if if the student is on the pathway to violence Okay, so let's say, Heather, it's uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, because mm-hmm. we've had those before. Yep. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and you've talked to the school representatives, and you've talked to our, our officers, and how do you follow up with suspect interviews or visits? Well, if we have enough information and enough witnesses at 2 o'clock in the morning, we'll still come out at 2 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. but sometimes that's just not reasonable um, that we don't have enough information, so... Uh, the school system has agreed with us. You know, we ask the child not to come to school. We make sure some kind of contact is made immediately so there is no threat the next morning. Um, And then we'll come to the school first thing in the morning when they open and we'll start our investigation with whatever witnesses we have then. But it's not... It really just depends. It's not uncommon for you guys, Sean, to go to the house. Oh, absolutely. To to 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes. And and talk to family, grandmas, grandpas, mom and daddies. We're pretty much on call 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all's life pretty much ends when when school system yeah. comes back in. Uh, Heather, and and you y- you can testify to this when you were still working with Jacob. Well, y- you were working. Jacob was just there. That's right. That's but, right. Uh, I hope Jacob's Dyson, listening. I know you're out there listening, <laughs> buddy. But um, you you were pretty much on call twenty four seven three sixty five, yeah. and then we got Mister Robo over there to help you, and uh, just uh, watching you guys work and, and watching y'all's interactions. I think it's it's just grown the program exponentially mm-hmm. by having the two of y'all working because uh, I know there were a couple times when you were dealing with multiple mm-hmm. investigations and threats at one time so now uh, you know there again that with you talking to the sheriff and, and us realizing that we needed help in this area mm-hmm. uh, it was just a smart move to go ahead and get a, another detective. It is unfortunate for the world we live in that we need another one but it is a great help because I can't couldn't be in two places at once mm-hmm. and with all that the sheriff wants us to offer which are great things it's definitely helpful to have the second, uh, third assessment. So, Sean, you you you're 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 learning, catching up, and getting <laughs> after it too, huh? Yes, sir. I'm uh I'm I'm trying to catch up and figure it all out, but it's done a good job, and uh, I'm happy for the opportunity. Yeah. 
So how do you follow up? Uh, tell me what, what the follow-up looks like. You, you've gone out, you've talked with the child, um, you've determined that there was a law that was broken. Mm-hmm. How does, what, where does it go from there? Well, if there was a law that was broken, we um, always send it to juvenile services. And juvenile service, that it is a felony charge for communicating threats of mass violence. It's not. Now, repeat that again slowly. Sorry. So our li- no, no, no. <laughs> so that our listeners can hear. Yes. So that listeners, we're asking you to help educate yes, your, your children, children on your what nieces they can and, and nephews, can't say. your grandchildren. Uh, we take it extremely serious. Absolutely. Sheriff Campbell takes it serious. The Ardell County Sheriff's Office takes it serious. Ardell State's school system, Mooresville school system takes it serious. It is a felony It is a felony. Mm-hmm. It's a felony communicating threats of mass violence on educational property. And so once you are charged and it goes to the court system, mm-hmm. Sean, what does the school system, what can the school system normally do to those folks? Um, they, have a, they have a new matrix this year where they can, they're dictates their their discipline for those for those students but typically if they've communicated uh communicated a threat of mass violence um they're removed from the school and sent to the alternative school so they're going to alternative school or they can be suspended right here yeah they can be just totally suspended Mm -hmm. it kind of depends it's a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. uh depending on their history uh what how many felonies they have on their record or how many they've had uh kind of just grouped together and the threat assessment team kind of, mm-hmm. I won't say decides because the school system does have a protocol and matrix, but um, some kids are put virtual where they're not allowed back in school. So what basically what they're saying, folks, is in, in having had a child recently go through the process of trying to get into a college, juvenile criminal records are sealed. Mm-hmm. So as far as the day-to-day individual knowing that a child has been charged with a crime, that's still sealed. sealed. But if a child is applying to a college or a university... They're going to find out. They're going to get that information. And you can have a straight A 4.0 all-star sports player, all-star student. Mm -hmm. And when they see a charge, let alone a conviction for a Mm -hmm. felony threat against violence, you know where that college application goes, right? Right in file 13. So, folks, do do your neighbor's kids, do your kids, do your grandkids, nieces, and nephews a favor. Sit them down and tell them, yes. guys, y- y- y'all, y- y'all echo the sentiment about the seriousness of these charges. I don't care if you're joking. Mm-hmm. We no. don't care if you're joking. Yep. We tell them that every time. You threaten the school, you threaten the teacher, you threaten another student, and you're going to be looking at one of these two fine mm-hmm. folks in front of me. Absolutely. We come, uh, we investigate all of them the same, and we're, we're pretty much good at it now to kind of differentiate. When we have a serious problem, we know those risk factors, mm-hmm. and we've had some of those. Um, and then when they're just joking or said something out of anger, but still, they're all taken seriously regardless of what is said. Yeah, I mean, in, in today's society, we're not going to take a chance. And with just what happened in Chapel Hill this day before yesterday, mm-hmm. where a life was taken, unfortunately, uh, by a student at mm-hmm. one of our premier universities, uh, we are not going to put up with it. We're not going to tolerate it. And, you know, oh, these poor kids, they were just joking around. No, sorry. Zero now those, tolerance. Now, those that need help, they'll still have the criminal aspect, but there are plenty of things with the school counselors. Hmm, there are plenty sure. of resources for those who really need the mental help. And um, so it's not – we know that there are some kids that are going through things that need help. So the school is there. They have resources mm-hmm. to help 
put in place to help those kids as well. But they will be removed from the school. Oh, yeah. 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 So Absolutely. it's uh, it's not a joke. It's not funny. And, and I remember years ago back when I was still working on when y'all were basically y'all were probably still in high school. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you talk to these parents and it breaks their hearts that one, the kid was, well, he was just joking. Well, no, we don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I shouldn't say we don't care. We care for the child. Yes, but, but we care for all the other children in the yes, school as well. Yes, we are not going to put our, our school administrators, our staff, our children, our facilities in, in danger or mm-hmm. allow them to be threatened. Yep. So, yep. good deal. It is sad sometimes because there are very good kids that make mistakes, but we have to unfortunately treat them all the same. And we're going to err on the side of caution. That's right. Absolutely. All right, Joe's giving us the 30-second sign. So, when we come back, uh, we want to talk about another service that you two offer and the Sheriff's Office offers about um, going into businesses and doing security surveys for businesses. Yep. Yep. So, again, folks, if you have any questions, 704-873-1400. We'll be back shortly. Man, that's some good tunes right there. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with us today on The Good, The Bad, and The Guilty. For those of you that may have joined us during the break, uh, I'm Bill Hamby. I have the pleasure of being Chief Deputy here at the Arlo County Sheriff's Office. I have Detective Heather Little and Detective Sean Rowe with us here today. Sheriff Campbell is out doing uh, Sheriff Association business today, so hopefully he'll be back with us next week. Uh, we were uh, just talking about how the Arlo County Sheriff's Office, especially Sean and Heather, conduct threat assessment investigations within our school system, working with our school uh, staff and and our school um, SROs. So want to change gears, guys, because I know you guys, I should say men and women, uh, <laughs> yeah, because okay. y'all do more than just schools. Uh, and I know this month, uh, in addition to your other numerous duties, you've given some uh, senior safety education presentations. You went out and did a site security survey for a business. Uh, you did one church and uh, one private school here in Ardell County. Mm-hmm. And I know those are kind of in-depth uh, when y'all go out and do those. So uh, tell us, uh, what does a site security survey for maybe a business, what does that look like for you, you guys? Yeah, sure. Um, we go out and we meet with the owner of the business, the manager, um, discuss what their concerns are. We usually walk their property or their buildings and give them some advice advice or ideas some advice on and recommendations yes. yeah. just just some recommendations <clears throat> on what they can do to help prevent crime and there again that's where you can fall back especially on things you did former career yes sir talking about alarm systems lighting systems mm-hmm. uh cameras things like that Correct. so that when when we make our recommendations uh they are not legally binding nope they don't have to do it mm-hmm. but my opinion is, why would you call an expert, get an expert opinion, and then not try to integrate some of that information? So I know that you guys have done many, many, many of them, and over the summer mm-hmm. y'all were, y'all were rocking do, doing those. So um, how do they how do they contact you? What do they need to tell y'all? What what are some things? What is some information that you ask? Uh, to help facilitate those those surveys? Typically, they just call in and uh, request them. We get in contact with them, find out what their needs are, uh, and then we just go out, talk to them in person. Okay. So let's say that I own a Hamby widget company, mm-hmm. okay? 
and I'm having some employee thefts. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you would recommend for me to prevent maybe some employee thefts? Well, cameras. We love cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to narrow down what the issue is, uh, where the thefts are, um, and who your criminal is uh, within um, the company. Anything else? Limiting access to to products mm-hmm. when okay. when people don't need to be around them mm-hmm. is, is another one. Um, same thing with money. So, so also we have the ability, and I know that has you've done some, Sean. I think you have too. To where we, the way kind of typically works is we'll go out and do maybe a site security survey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we normally try to follow that up with some sort of active shooter mm-hmm. prevention class or yeah. what yes, to do in, in the event of an active shooter. So, kind of tell us how those two kind of dovetail together. Well, I guess just making the contact for the business assessment and then they real like they realize all of the things that we offer at the mm-hmm. sheriff's office and um, active shooter for businesses is a big one I think that they're interested in. So um, what do you think? Yeah, we teach that class, uh, I guess, several times a month now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a business and you want us to come out, just contact the sheriff's office and we can set that up for you. Um, we can tailor the, the class to your needs to your time frame, to whatever whatever your your concerns are. Right. So um, I remember here here again back when you guys were, were young and I was <clears throat> tasked with doing these. I would go out here again, talk to the business, talk to the business owners. Uh, same thing you guys mm-hmm. were doing. And then um, when you, when you make your recommendations, uh, one of the things I always told them was, you know, make sure you're talking to your insurance company. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And fire. Fire's and, been a big yep. thing, too. And let them, let them know that you're doing this and implementing some of these. So if we have business owners listening, um, I, I'm not an insurance agent, but I do know a few. Uh, but sometimes if you implement some of the things that we suggest or that we, we work in a cohort between the sheriff's office and your business to where we do integrate some of the um, uh, crime prevention things mm-hmm. through through the site security survey and then follow up with an active shooter class um i have talked to a couple businesses in the past where they've got a, a little break on their insurance yeah and, and we know that every every dollar counts mm-hmm. so uh so that's good well that's awesome guys so now let's let's talk about because y'all just did one yeah. uh the other day uh for my church uh we were we asked you guys to come over and and do one for our child care area mm-hmm. so switching gears from um the business arena to our houses of worship and I know here again that that I had uh, uh, Randy Cass, one of the old, one of my old time mm-hmm. partners, uh, many years ago. He kind of developed uh, with the help of Rick Eads, who was a really old school uh, uh, deputy that worked for us many years ago. Kind of developed our church security program, and I would go out and and do these. And I, I remember I was up to probably three hundred plus there for the two or three years that I taught it, and that was a really cool program i really like to getting out meeting with our pastors and our churches uh and um so tell us tell us what services you two can offer to a church or a house of uh worship when it comes to doing our site security surveys and and um suggesting tips so we can do the same thing we do for businesses for the churches um determine what their what their needs are what their concerns are and then give them the same advice or recommendations to protect their congregation, um, protect their children, the children in their church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also offer the church shield program, which is not just for churches, but any place of worship mm-hmm. 
to help them set up a security or safety team. Right. Um, well, you know, we think about mass shooting and we see a lot of publicized shootings like schools, but businesses can still be a target. Mm-hmm. Churches are most definitely a target. So teaching the church show just allows the opportunity to um, tell the church members, kind of give them an idea of what the threats are out there mm-hmm. so they know how to protect themselves. Because we're just not living in the time that we used to live in. Yeah, and um, uh, that's one of the things that, that when, when Sheriff Campbell kind of put this together, and wanted us all out in, in the communities talking to our, especially our churches. And, and Heather, you bring up a great, a great point. We got all these security um, feedbacks and after assault um, breakdowns from law enforcement mm-hmm. where an incident would occur in another state, maybe another jurisdiction. And after it was over, kind of a, 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 a I guess a post-mortem, if you yeah. will, of the incident and all the lessons learned. And, and I distinctly remember sitting in Sheriff Campbell's office when we were talking about this and he held up a report that, that we received from the one down in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it doesn't do us a bit of good for us to get this information if we're not getting it out to our churches. Absolutely. And that's when he really wanted us to kick it up another gear. And there again, just kudos to you two for, for taking it and making it even greater than, than, it, than it was. But uh, so how could, uh, w- what are just a couple quick things uh, for those uh, that may be uh, church members, what, what are just a couple quick things that you guys could recommend uh, this afternoon for for a church to maybe implement to keep a keep themselves safe? Well, the main thing is just realizing when you have someone new or visiting that I would say is a suspicious character, just be aware of them where they're sitting, um, and always call us if you feel like you're not uncomfortable. Even like if you feel like there's going to be a problem, mm-hmm. just recognizing that could say potentially and we've done enough training with our folks mm-hmm. in-house mm-hmm. that if we, if you call us out to a to a church or a house of worship we're not going to run up in there and mm-hmm. just you know get all up in people's business but you know we we are trained our, our men and women are trained on what signs and things to look for yep and, and heather i know I, I made some notes here that's some of the things i want to talk about when we come back mm-hmm. uh, i think it's a technical term called leakage yes we that, talk about that, leakage a lot <laughs> we talk about leakage a lot <laughs> leakage is uh, our favorite thing yes so uh we'll talk about that when we come back but what what may be another safety tip just real quick kind of kind of just easy child care let's let's say for child yeah. care well, for childcare, you want to eliminate the access to the children because if there is an altercation, say in their congregation or in another part of the facility, to me, our children is our most sacred thing. Absolutely. So, eliminating the access to the kids um, would be my number one. Whatever, eliminating your access doors, eliminating anyone access that shouldn't be there. You want to keep your church open for yes. the congregation, but the children's place should be a little bit uh, more private. And I, I do remember, here again, you, you jogging my memory, making my old brain work today, but I do remember having a conversation with one pastor here in, in western part of, of Arno County, and you know, I'm, and we, we as law enforcement have to remember the things that we would do to, to secure a facility to make it absolutely law enforcement friendly mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, secure, you've got to be careful. You have to talk to your fire marshal's office. Yes, have to yes. Talk to and your, we always recommend yes, that. Yes, so, and we always do talk to your building inspectors, talk to your fire marshal's office, get your volunteer fire departments to come out and walk through your facilities as well so mm-hmm. good good topic good topic well joe's give us the 30 second uh, uh card again so uh, ladies and gentlemen if you have any questions for our final segment eight uh, uh 704-873-1400 and we'll be back shortly
man. I, I like that music, Joe. You're doing a good job over there, sir. Thank you very much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for staying tuned. And for those of you that have tuned in during the break, welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Guilty here on WSIC uh, 100.7 and 105.9. If you have any questions about today's topic, which is our threat assessment program here at the Sheriff's Office, please give us a call, 704-873-1400. Before we left for, for, for a break, we introduced a rather unique word maybe mm-hmm. to some of our <laughs> listeners. Uh, we call it leakage. Leakage. Can you define leakage? Well, in threat assessment world, leakage is what gets us started. If yeah, leakage, this, this is not the plumber at the house kind of no, leakage. This no, is no. professional police leakage. Yes. Yeah, so anytime uh, a person is overhearing a threat or sees on social media a threat and they report it to us, like we want that leakage. Um I would say statistically all everyone who has commit mass murder or mass violence has um, had some kind of leakage where no one told. So thank you. So yeah. ladies and gentlemen that that are listening think about all the all the the, the people that have perpetrated acts of mass violence mm-hmm. and inevitably within normally 2 or 3 days of the event when when, when the media gets there and they start mm-hmm. interviewing people well I know they was a little different mm-hmm. or I, I I knew they were just going to snap one day. Mm-hmm. That is that's leakage. That's leakage. So please right. tell us. We yes, want to know those absolutely. things. Absolutely. And and without getting too down into the weeds with it, um, there are programs that our school computers run through that yes. detect keywords. Yes. That add to our ability to determine. The leakage. leakage. Yep, yes. absolutely. The school has a lot of things in place on the kids' computers, but also we have our app um, mm-hmm. where anyone can submit a tip anonymously. And then we have See Something, Say Something that's pretty big with the kids. They, you know, everything's, it could be anonymous if you want to be anonymous, but um, if you are going to be anonymous, anonymous, please give us as much information as possible. Joe, do we have a call? Hello, caller. Thank you for calling the Good, the Bad, and the Guilty today. How can we help you? Well, the question is, you're talking about threat leakage or whatever, right? And you're talking about an individual on a mass of people. But what about a mass of people on individuals? Because I hear this thing about how headlights were deregulated, and I don't know what the current law is on headlights. All I know is that you can't. I can't be the only person that's going, wow, those are some bright headlights, and now I've got eye trouble after I drive to work every day. What is the actual law for headlights now if they've been deregulated? Because I believe that headlights are injuring people, even the kids in the cars, if we want to protect their little eyes. Uh, great point. Uh, I, too, have an uh, issue with people with very bright lights. I do not know the exact general statute, ma'am, uh, just to be honest, off the top of my head. I do know that they are, are uh, supposedly limited to so many lumens, uh, which is the measurement of light per, per square inch of light. Um, so all I could tell you to do, ma'am, would be uh, call our, our uh, especially if it's vehicle-related, call our good friends with the North Carolina Highway Patrol uh, and see if they can uh, see if they can assist you with that, or they could possibly even give you the general statute for that. But I do not know that right off the top of my head. Now let's go hue and cry on this one because it's getting out of hand. People come right up on behind you and all kinds of stuff, and nine times out of ten they're looking down in their phone, and I almost feel like it's. It's a traffic violence situation, which is a new term I have heard, you know. Yes, ma'am. Anyway, not to be a downer. I just want to protect people. So thank you for your time and suggestion. Thank you so much for your call, and I hope you have a good day. Thank you very much. Thank you for your hard work, everybody. Thank you. So 
Tell us a little bit more about leakage. Uh, well, I would say that's what gets us in most of our school cases is there is some kind of leakage, something that has happened, some kind, something that a kid has overheard that they feel it necessary to share with mm -hmm. us. And that's what we want to encourage parents, like encourage your students, because we all have a worry. I have children mm -hmm. that go to school. Absolutely. You know, he has children. We all have children that go to some kind of school, and I don't want anything to ever happen while my child's at school, and I know most parents don't. So that's how we get the information to prevent the information, so to, to prevent switch, mass violence. To, to switch it sl slightly to the two other topics we talked mm -hmm. about today, what if you're a business owner or what if you're in a, a house of worship and things like that? How do you navigate that leakage well i would say like business a lot of domestic violence situations can turn into um maybe um shooting happening at happening at a business or some or, sort of act of violence yeah some kind some kind of act of violence so i think just if you if you know of any kind of suspicious activity just letting us know that because we don't only do threat assessments for schools we this month i did one for a business who um had an individual that they were worried about we look into all kinds of different people mm -hmm. and uh businesses, churches, any kind of problem that you have, um, we'll definitely look into it to try to make sure, like prevention is the thing with threat assessment. We, you know, we can't predict when these things are going to happen, but uh, we can do everything we can to prevent it. Do, do everything we can and educate mm -hmm. as many folks as, as we can. So yep. awesome. So in the few minutes that we have left, uh, I want to talk about actually a press release that I have uh, that I believe you two were involved with. Yes. Uh, this occurred on uh uh, actually, it occurred on Thursday, August the tenth. Yes, yes but we were not we were not made aware until, uh, until Thursday, August seventeenth. Yep, <clears throat> a week later, where uh, it appeared that an individual uh, went on to the grounds of uh, West Ardle mm -hmm. High School. Mm -hmm. uh, they were no longer a student, mm -hmm. uh, and it was during open house, uh, which there's a lot more people on campus, a lot mm -hmm. more things. But we received some information or. Yes. So tell it because uh, Miss Heather, I see your name all over this one. Tell us about this one. Tell us about this report. Uh, well, I received information that a our previous student, recently graduated student, uh, was on West Arnold High School campus, open house with a firearm in their waistband. Um, we conducted an investigation uh, to verify that he did, in fact, have a firearm on campus, which is super. Um, I'll say scary yes, for, for everybody. Uh, we never want that to happen. Um, it did not appear to be an accident. So my only thought is if you're going to have a weapon on campus, what is the purpose mm -hmm. of doing that? And um, it's just a scary situation for everyone. But the thing is, people see, you know, wasn't concealed very well. People see those things and they report it to us and we're thankful for that. But right. We really never would have known if it wouldn't have been for someone speaking out about it. So you were able to follow up on that mm -hmm. as, as quick as we received the information? Yes, absolutely. Followed up on it. And uh, because the juvenile is a juvenile, mm -hmm. uh, we will not be able mm -hmm. to, to name this this person. Uh, but they were charged with felony weapon on educational property. Yep. Which They're, is a significant felony Yes, crime. that is a big one in uh, possession by a minor, um, and there was one other charge. I can't carrying remember. a concealed yeah, firearm. Yeah, carry concealed. Yep. So he, he, here again, we need individuals that see something, say something. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there for a while there was this culture. Uh, well, I don't want to be a snitch. I don't want to mm -hmm. be a snitch. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that that hear children say things similar to that, please educate them about the intense need 
for them to step forward to yes. tell law enforcement so that we can prevent any potential tragedies yep. uh, that occur. But uh, you guys did a you guys did a mm-hmm. great job on that one, and uh, very thankful it didn't turn into yes, anything else. Yes, absolutely. Have another press release where we had uh, two juveniles uh, who were charged out of a drug deal <clears throat> that uh, occurred uh, at Lake Norman High School on uh, Friday, August 25th. Uh, there again, some good school security footage mm-hmm. uh, was able to catch this um, uh, exchange, if you will. Uh, there again, our SROs got information mm-hmm. from the students that were there, and we looked into it, and we were able to charge those two individuals. Here again, they are both juveniles, but uh, one of the juveniles was charged with felony possession with intent to sell or deliver or schedule one controlled substance and felony possession with schedule one controlled substance. The second juvenile was charged with felony buying or receiving a Schedule One controlled substance, and the 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 drug that was involved here uh, is actually some hallucinogenic mushrooms, which mm-hmm. is scary in and of itself. Uh, but we were able to get those two individuals charged, so we were very happy to get those drugs out of our school. And um, going through all my press releases over here, I got them all laid out. The uh, we are very proud to announce that we have made uh, that warrants have been obtained in the uh, 2020 homicide case uh, that occurred in the north end of, of our county. Mr. Uh, Kadeem Jamar Featherson, 32 years old of Charlotte, uh, actually of 1619 Kentucky Derby Drive in Charlotte, was charged with one count of felony homicide. Uh, our men and women uh, in our detective division, our CID, our homicide investigators, did a fabulous job of staying on this case, staying with this case, working every lead. Apparently, when it first came out, uh, we did not have any leads. Uh, And then there again, see something, say something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our men and women did a great job investigating this case. Uh, And some of the reason why it took us this long to get um, these warrants on this individual who is is in prison uh, and will be in federal prison on unrelated drug charges till February of 2026 uh, was we had to send some cell phones out of the country to actually have them processed because one of the major cell phone providers in the United States uh, just would not cooperate uh, with us and assist us in getting into these phones. So we had to send them out of the country and some things were done. Uh, legal things uh, were, 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 were done and we were able to get Mr. Featherson charged. Uh, for those of you that may have seen this story on our Facebook page, uh, he has a, a criminal history uh, basically a mile long but some of the highlights are three counts of felony possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, felony larceny, felony breaking and entering, uh, felony possession of heroin. So just not a not a nice guy at all. So uh, just that and several other press releases. Uh, if you want to follow follow us on social media, go to uh, your app store and look for the Ardo County Sheriff's Office app. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on our webpage at www.ardosheriff.com. Heather, Sean, thank you guys for being with us today. Thank you. I hope we were able to enlighten our listeners Mm -hmm. as to what our threat assessment program is about and some of the services that we can bring to your facility, to your church, or to your school. If you if you need us, uh, give us a call seven zero four eight seven eight thirty one eighty at the Ardo County Sheriff's Office. Joe, thank you, sir, and we'll see everyone next week.